Are you sitting in a space where you are struggling with anxiety? Do you feel like a prisoner to the cycles of depression? Do you feel stuck in your own life and feel frustrated and lost, but yet you know there is so much more on the other side of this mental breakdown? I want to hold your hand through this therapeutic life healing journey. I will help you navigate emotional healing, spiritual growth, and taking massive action so you can align your mind, body, and spirit to completely transforming your life. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, of stepping into your power and experiencing your breakdown as your breakthrough. Hey, I'm Adi. I'm your therapist, your coach, your mentor. Join me as we heal your life together. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about anxiety, a topic I know that many of us can all relate to. So go grab your cup of tea, your wine, your favorite beverage, curl up on the couch or go for a walk, whatever it feels good to you and tune into this next episode. Hello everyone, I'm so excited for y'all to get to meet LaShonda McLaurin. She is an incredible psychotherapist who's been in mental health work and she is certified in anxiety specialist and she's just dedicated to helping women overcome fear and anxiety. She does coaching as well and has her own podcast. It's so exciting to have you on the show, LaShonda. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and to talk to your audience and to talk to you today. Oh, so, so, so good. Uh, I love the topic. Thank you for being open to coming on and talking about anxiety. And we'll be going into a little bit more specifically anxiety in the Black community. Mm -hmm. And LaShonda, how have you just been on your journey? Can you share a little bit about yourself and your services and your work? Yeah, so I'm LaShonda. I am, first of all, a spouse, a wife, a military spouse. So I feel like that in itself is a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother category and kind of been all over the place. And I am a mother of two amazing little rascals who are seven and five. And they have been home, I feel like, since February because they went out of school for spring break and did not go back. So they've been home doing a great job during quarantine. And I am an entrepreneur. I own McLaurin Mental Wellness. And I started it up in about 2017, and it came out of necessity for me as a military spouse because every, for us, we've moved three times in the past three years. So normally, every time we move, I have to find a new job, and a lot of times, I, sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't, and I absolutely love what I do. So out of necessity, I began my business that provides therapy and coaching exclusively online. So I'm able to see my clients no matter where I am. So I've been absolutely loving it. And I specialize in anxiety, fear, and worry. And I call that the mental health trinity. Those three are together typically with the, when there's fear, when there's worry, there's typically anxiety. So I treat them all together. And, you know, every therapist has their why, their why that this is my niche. And for me, aside from kind of being an anxious child for as long as I can remember. I always erred on the side of caution growing up. I was kind of an anxious kid for, you know, my own reasons of my environment growing up. But in addition to that, in 2017, I had a traumatic experience. And in the middle of the night, maybe around 11 o'clock, 
I had just moved into my first apartment straight out of college, feeling very excited. And two men kicked down my door oh. and oh, wow. held me and my best friend up at gunpoint. Oh my um, And they were there looking for the girl who had just moved out. That's so, terrifying. yeah, oh my it gosh. was like a life-changing moment. Yeah. And even though I was an anxious child, this took anxiety to a level that I had never experienced before. Of course. This took it to a traumatic level. This took it to having panic attacks, which is something I had never experienced before. So I had to go through my own journey of learning how to cope with what I was feeling. I couldn't afford therapy at the time, so I was doing it on my own. Wow, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to not get back to my old self because you're never the same after something like that, but how to get back to a place where I'm functioning at the level that I want to function in society without being fear and without worrying all the time about my surroundings. So that experience with trauma kind of helped me to go into my niche, which is anxiety, fear, and worry. And I absolutely love doing what I do. Wow. What a powerful story that you share so openly. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that experience. Because I think a lot of people can relate to their own traumatic experience, but not everyone can afford therapy and not everyone has access and resources to seek out a therapist. LaShonda, how would you share with some folks who might be in that position today who are struggling to find the right therapist or find means and resources or access to therapy? What are some tips or ways or strategies that they could uh, find to be able to even begin their healing journey and and work through some of the anxiety or panic attacks that they might be having in this day and age? Yeah, I feel very proud of the mental health community right now because there are so many options now, so many more options. It used to be if you want to see somebody, you have to go strictly through your doctor. You have to go strictly through your insurance. And that's the only way to see someone. But things have changed and opened up so much. There are platforms for individuals who are needing, you know, therapists who work on a sliding scale, therapists who are providing services for free for a while. And then there are therapists like you and me who are doing podcasts. So even if you can't get into an office, you have this access to hear from a professional through different avenues, whether it's, you know, a podcast or through YouTube or reading books and blogs, there's so much information around you to help you kind of cope with what you're going through until you can get into somebody's office. Absolutely. I agree with you. And this, in this day and age, having some access to technology to be able to find people who are in the mental health field to, to just begin to listen and see how that can help support your healing journey. What is the name of your podcast? I'll have it in the show notes too and in the description, but just so folks can find you and find your work. Yeah. Um, so my podcast is the Inspiring Women Weekly Podcast. As the name says, it's for women and it's every week. <laughs> we, have, we have almost 100 episodes going on and it's just really me being a little more personal when it comes to helping women figure out how to navigate different areas of life. I'm not that old, but I've experienced some things, you know, so I like yeah. to share and just really help people see that we are more alike than different, especially women. We go through a lot of the same things. It may just look a little bit different, you know, from each person. So every week I bring up a different topic to just kind of inspire everybody to keep going. 
I love that so much, Lashonda. And, and we have a similar passion and interest to supporting women. And yeah. this podcast is mostly listened by women as well. Awesome. And in your work and in your experiences, both personal and professional, how have you noticed anxiety show up for women, some of the signs and symptoms, and especially women in the Black community? or minority groups, how have you seen anxiety be signs and symptoms for them? Yeah, so anxiety is one of those things that really shows up in a person's life in so many different ways. And I don't think people really realize how different anxiety can look from person to person, which is why it's the, one of the most diagnosed you know, mental health issues in the world is anxiety. I want to break it up into three different parts. It is the cognitive symptoms, the emotional symptoms, which lead to behavior. And then there's the physical body symptoms that people have. So cognitively, anxiety can look like having difficulty concentrating, having those racing thoughts where you can't control it, you can't get your mind to calm down, having those disruptive thoughts, which are normally unwanted and based out of fear. And then that excessive worrying, which I call sitting in a rocking chair, going nowhere, just worrying back and forth. I love that analogy. Oh, <laughs> yes. that's such a good you're analogy. Moving, but you're not going anywhere, yes. you know. It's a so great that excessive way. worry, yeah. Those constant thoughts of what if, that what if this happens and what if that happens and those fearful thoughts. So that's what happens in the mind with anxiety. And then typically those thoughts lead to the behavior, which is irritability. And a lot of people are like, irritability, I'm not... I could be irritable because of anxiety. Like, yes, if you are a mom and you find yourself constantly having these racing thoughts, constantly having trouble focusing, and then outside of your mind, you have your kids saying, mom, mom, calling your name. Look at this. That's my kid's favorite thing. Mom, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are you showing me? You know, and then when you eventually snap at your kids because you're irritable, it wasn't them. It was because it was hard to take in everything that's happening when you have this tornado of thoughts going on in your mind. So from being irritable to having trouble sleeping, to having trouble staying asleep or falling asleep, being restless, and even procrastination, that need and desire for things to be perfect. So I'm just going to push it down the line before I get to it. So then the behavior can also lead to physical reaction with anxiety, which I, I love to talk about because I don't think people really realize how your body can respond to anxiety. Um, one of the first things I hear people talk about is my stomach hurts when I get nervous or I need to mm -hmm. use the bathroom or, you know, I have this gas problem when I get nervous. And it's like, that's anxiety showing up in your body. So from stomach issues to nausea, to actual heart palpitations, people have gone to the hospital feeling like they're having a heart attack when it's actually anxiety. Right. So anxiety can show up through sweating, trembling, shortness of breath. It can make you feel like there's a host of things going on in your body when the culprit is really anxiety. So everyone can have these symptoms, black, white, anyone in between can have these symptoms. The differences between most of us is the trigger. Mm. What is causing us to feel this way? For a mom, the trigger could be hearing her baby cry. That could be causing her anxiety or sending her child off to school, especially in the COVID world right now. That could be a trigger. For a student, the trigger could be having to present in front of people in class. That could be a trigger for anxiety. For someone who has experienced trauma, 
the trigger could be anything related to what has happened. So like for me, after that break-in, having to go outside at the dark was very triggering for me. It made me very, very anxious. Or having someone knock on my door, you know, was very anxiety-inducing. So the trigger is what's different for everyone, which is why it's really, really important to lean in and figure out what your triggers are, because that's the first step to kind of trying to overcome that anxiety. The interesting thing about the Black community is that many of the triggers are everyday life things, like going to the store or driving down the street or taking a job, the wor- taking a jog, I'm sorry. The worry and the nervousness of doing simple everyday tasks can cause anxiety. And because these take place literally every day, people begin to live anxious and living anxious is normal for a lot of people in the Black community. They've been anxious all their lives. And so this is just how we feel. This is how we grew up feeling. It's even something that you're kind of taught as a child through those difficult conversations that parents have to have with their kids about staying safe. You know, I remember my parents talking to me and my siblings, but more so my brother as a teenager, who he would want to go out with his friends or want to hang out. And they would say no a lot. And then they would also give him these rules. You know, my brother was six foot one as, you know, a teenager. So he was a very, you know, tall guy as a teenager. And that made them nervous. So they gave a lot of rules and things for his protection, but it makes you end up erring on the side of caution and makes you kind of nervous and anxious as a child. So I've learned from those experiences, you know, that my parents helped us with. So I have children now and my husband and I are very careful of how we have these conversations with our kids. We know we have to teach them some of the things to keep them physically safe, but we don't want to do mental harm in the process, which is what has happened a lot in the Black community. Parents are trying to keep their kids safe but then they grow up to be very anxious. So there's a thin line between being cautious and being fearful. And many people in the Black community are really trying to walk that thin line of being cautious without being anxious every single day of their life. And um, I don't want my kids to grow up being anxious. I don't want anybody to feel like being anxious should be normal. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, LaShonda, those are all so helpful breakdown of anxiety and anxiety specifically also for the Black community. Anyone that might be listening and is resonating with what you're sharing, what are some ways someone can receive support and help if they are struggling with anxiety and if they identify as Black? And when would it be time for them to reach out for professional help? At what point is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I will say I'm very happy that in recent years, therapy has become more open in the Black community. You know, uh, we have learned that it isn't okay to be anxious every single day of your life. Um, This feeling shouldn't be normal. So it's become more of a norm in the community, and I'm happy to see that happen. When it comes to how to be supported, I always say therapy first. If you're looking for a therapist, you know, talk to your doctor. There are so many different directories now that you can look for a therapist and I'm an advocate for therapy because I feel like it's one of the few places that you can, but it is literally all about you. For that 50 minutes to an hour, everything is about you and your needs. And I always say, it's like going to the spa for your brain. Oh, yes. So, yes. Know, it's like going to the spa. Yes. You know how good you feel after going to the spa? And it was just mm-hmm. all about you. 
that's what therapy is like for your brain. So I always encourage people to get a therapist. And if you can't get a therapist, even just talking about what you're feeling to your friends or your family or joining a support group. I think the situations that have gone on in society recently have really Mm -hmm. caused people to open up and talk to each other about what they're feeling. So finding support groups for people who are going through what you're going through can be really, really helpful. As far as when, when do I seek professional help? The normal answer for anxiety is when it begins to impact or disrupt your everyday life. When your inability to focus causes you to struggle at work or causes you to struggle at home. When those racing thoughts causes you to lose sleep to the point that you can't function during the day. So when disruption occurs, this is when most people seek help. But I believe that symptoms don't have to be disruptive in order for you to seek therapy. You may just want to talk to somebody. You may just want to express yourself or receive um, preventative measures. So many of my clients aren't in desperate need for help in the moment. They just want self-care. They just want that place. They just want that massage for their mind, you know. So um, I kind of want to change the narrative that therapy is only for those who are severely struggling. It is for anyone who wants a place to just be transparent. I agree with you. I think that's such a beautiful breakdown. I had a client once tell me after a session, her brain exhaled. Oh, that's good. <laughs> right. And like what you said, you know, we spend time to self-care, you know, those of us who might indulge in and go get a massage. But this is a really for the spirit, your soul, your your life while you're here and to live it optimally because you deserve it. You really, really deserve yes. it. And I love what your, you know, your statement of, you know, being almost proactive with your mental health, not waiting until, right, you know, professionally, we do say once it begins to impact your day to day life, but the world that we live in, I mean, Mm. who is not struggling on the day to day? Yes. And so we all can deserve and uh, need that space. And yes, right now there are multiple ways of access points of receiving it and and reaching out to someone, even on social media, who might be able to point you in the right direction, who is a therapist. Yes. Um, LaShonda, what about at-home solutions for someone who might not be quite ready to pick up the phone or talk to their doctor or talk to somebody? Because we also know there's a lot of shame that people Mm -hmm. internalize around their symptoms of anxiety. They might not even really have fully brought it to their own attention that they are struggling. But maybe through this episode, if they're hearing a little bit and they're starting to say, yeah, that that is me, what are some at-home solutions to just begin to try if someone's struggling with anxiety today before they take the next step and reach out for help? The first thing I'm going to suggest, which is probably what every therapist in the world is going to suggest, is journaling. (laughs) I don't know one therapist that does not say, you need to journal. And I know we probably sound like a broken record, but I promise you, (laughs) it's helpful. It is so helpful. Like journaling, because I believe that, you know, anxiety and stuff starts with the thought. I believe that journaling can help you pinpoint the thought, right? And a lot of times people are like, I don't know why I'm anxious. And that's because you don't know what you're thinking. You know, we just go about our day and our thoughts are so automatic that we never take the time to really stop and say, what did I just think just now that caused me to feel this way? 
So if you take some time and write down some inventory about what's going on in your mind, it can kind of help you to realize what's happening in your head that's causing you to get to this point of anxiety. So journal, 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 even if it's just for like five minutes at the end of the day, spend some time with just you and your brain. I know that may sound scary for it to be just you and your brain, but to spend some time with just you and your brain and your feelings to just write out what's going on with you. That's a great place to start. And based on those conversations with yourself, you may determine if you need more help or if you got it on your own. Um, The next thing we're going to recommend is meditation or quiet time. In the world of social media, we are hardly ever quiet. You know, we are constantly intaking stuff. And I know, you know, we see it seems helpful and we want to stay involved and engaged, but it can turn toxic really fast to be constantly intaking all this stuff. So some meditation time, some quiet time, maybe taking a walk just for you to be with yourself and to kind of exhale and breathe for a minute. I also suggest exercise. And most therapists always, you know, recommend yoga. I'm not a fan of yoga. I've tried it <laughs> <Yeah>. several times. <laughs> I, can't do, I can't get with it. <laughs> so um, I recommend it. But hey, I like kickboxing. Mm-hmm. It's a great place for me to go and kind of just really be in the zone and, you know, release some energy. But whatever exercise works for you, whether it's running or yoga or kickboxing, just find that thing for you to get your body moving and to release some energy. And then another thing is grounding activities. And this is especially great for people who have issues with panic. Mm -hmm. Um, In the moment is where you, you know, your mind is kind of going all over the place. But if you focus on something that you see, something that you hear, something that you smell, something that you feel to help bring you back into the moment, into reality to help calm down your mind and your, your panic symptoms. Those are such great tips. Those are all things that I personally even do to help center me on a day-to-day as well. So especially right now with having access to YouTube. So if anyone is wondering how to even engage in a mindfulness guided Mm -hmm. meditation or an exercise, I mean, I've been using YouTube to do my at-home workouts. I just find someone that I resonate with and I'm like, great, I'm going to follow along and watch YouTube and get some movement in, even a 20-minute full body workout or Mm -hmm. stretch. And journaling, I love that. Yeah, journaling is something that I try to do with my journaling a lot of times because life can seem really stressful and there seems to be so much going on. I kind of focus my journaling on a gratitude sense. Mm. So at the end of the day, I will write down everything that made me happy during the day, everything that made me smile during the day whether it's little stuff like hearing my kids tell horrible jokes. I mean, they are horrible, <laughs> but they think that they are that. hilarious. <laughs> That's so, so much. <laughs> so I'll write down the joke that they told that was just so horrible. It was hilarious. Or, um, you know, seeing a bird or hearing birds, you know, it really just makes mm-hmm. you slow down in the moment and think about all the small things that really went well during your day. And with anxiety, we can, if you're dealing with anxiety, things can be very doom and gloom. So for Focusing on gratitude and focusing on what's going well can really, really change your perspective sometimes in life. So I utilize journaling. I utilize exercise. Unfortunately, not as consistently as I would hope. I fall off the wagon often (laughs) when it comes to exercise. You play with your children, right? So there you go. That's your thing. They get you moving. (laughs) That's right. That's right. I love love to rollerblade. So while they ride their bikes, I rollerblade with them. So. 
Yeah, I love to do that. So exercising and I haven't had to use grounding as much, but I know it works just from, you know, my experience for trying to overcome my trauma from the past. And, and one thing I didn't mention when it comes to something to try at home with anxiety is that because I believe that most anxiety is rooted in fear. And a lot of times to overcome fear, you kind of have to face it. So whatever it is that you are afraid of, sometimes the thing you got to try is to do it. You know, so if you are afraid to fail and that brings you anxiety, you may have to fail so that you can see that life does not fall apart when that happens. You know, if you're afraid of public speaking, you may have to go out there and speak in public, you know, so sometimes therapy is a great place to try these things and to do it. But a lot of times in order to get rid of the fear, you got fear, you have to debunk it and just try to do these things. So I always encourage people to just put your brave pants on and give stuff a try. I love that. Put your brave pants on because you can. (laughs) I love that so much to just kind of take little steps day to day and Mm -hmm. the anxiety might be there, but it kind of can get quieter over time once you even incorporate some of and or all of these advices that you gave, even journaling. It's a collection of data Mm -hmm. on yourself Mm -hmm. that you get to have for years. I mean, just to be able to even look back and say, oh, you know, I'm noticing a pattern or a theme or a trend in something that I didn't know I had a fear about. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Journaling is is really great. And I tell people, even if you don't want to write it down, even just use the the notes app in your phone, like whatever it takes to get you to just start paying attention to yourself and writing some things down and it'll help you see what concerns you may have, but it can also help you see the growth that you made over time as well. Right. And even the gratitude perspective that you bring in just bringing, you know, there's a lot of research and and data done on, you know, what you focus on, you know, that grows. And so focus on gratitude. It might be hard in the beginning stages Mm -hmm. if you're definitely struggling with so much and to honor your process, but with time and consistency, you know, having this, this perspective of gratitude really can help shift anxiety too. Yeah, I agree. LaShonda, thank you so much for your time and just gem after gem and takeaway after takeaway. (laughs) I'm sure people are writing and taking notes right now, but where can people find more of your services, more of what you're doing? What are some, some places to point them in? Yeah. So you can visit my website, mclaurinmentalwellness.com to learn everything about me and my services. You can find my podcast, Inspiring Women Weekly, on um, Apple Podcasts, on Podbean, on Spotify. And you can follow me on Instagram at LaShonda McLaurin. I try to be consistent <laughs> with posting, you know, good and helpful content on there. So those are the, the few places that you can find me. And any last takeaways that's on your heart that you would want listeners to take away from you? Yeah, um, that I know life may seem really chaotic right now. It seems it's ever changing. It, it seems difficult and it seems hard, but I really believe that everyone is a lot more resilient than they may know. Life may be hard, but you can do hard things. You're such a light in this world. Thank you, LaShonda, for (laughs) being you, you, bringing your whole self to this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for just this time together. It's really such an honor to be doing this together. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and your work. It's amazing to talk to you. So thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into this episode. I trust that you had some gems to take away. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave an honest review. Now, after this episode, if you're feeling stuck or paralyzed by anxiety or fear in your life, you're in the middle of a life transition or you want to make a change, but feeling unsure about the road ahead, go ahead and reach out to me. I offer virtual sessions one-on-one in the state of California. We'll be able to do therapy anywhere else in the world. We'll be able to do life coaching. There is a distinct difference between the two, but reach out to me for a free 15-minute consultation and I can share a little bit more with you and see if it would be a match moving forward. I trust that wherever you are in this world, listening into this episode, that you are taking good care of yourselves and each other. Until next time, sending out all the love your way.